2: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, I'm going to try to improve your financial position, but today I've got a little bit of bummed out edge just sort of hanging on the edge of me here, just, you know, bumming me out, keeping me down, and it has nothing to do with my success or my wealth or my happiness or anything that's happened to me in my life. It's just the fact that... (laughs) I got this email today from somebody that just joined up our program. They're all excited about being in our program. But they wrote me a book, and the book was about all of the very terrible things that has happened in their life over the last X number of years and um, how the world has done this to them and that to them and this and that and this and that and this and that. Now, it's interesting because in the article or in the email, it seemed like they... On the surface were taking uh, credit for the problems uh, on the surface it seemed like they realized they had made mistakes that created these problems for them in their life and on the surface they came out and said boy they're really happy to be in our program now because they now have a plan they now have somebody to help them and uh, they think that that's going to be able to get them going down the path the right direction, which we would all hope would be the case. We've got a massive amount of success in our history of people. But I was fearful because the person that wrote the email, I'm not going to say who they are. I'm not going to say what gender they are. I'm not going to say anything. I don't, because this is just normal. I mean, I get this kind of stuff on a regular basis. Um, It's where the world believes that there's a unfair disadvantage against them in life or that all of their failures are because of outside issues that had nothing to do with them. And today I want to discuss that. I went—I mean, it got me so blown away, I went digging for articles on the internet to try to figure out this psyche. But I want you all to think about this, right, and then we can go about this in two or three or four or five different ways. Um, I was trying to figure out which one would work the best. I can't, so I'll probably just throw a bunch of mud on the wall and hope something sticks. Let's talk about me. In the last year and a half, every time I've done a case study, once a month I get it in front of people and I talk to them, they're all waiting to hear what I broke next, what has become ill on me next, what has happened to me, how my recovery is coming, what you know, I'm doing, and in other words, I've been physically injured in one way or another every single month for a year and a half now. All right. Then I've been in the hospital two or three times. And during all of that time, I've been miserable. I mean, I c- couldn't work out, couldn't do anything. And, and yet my businesses continued to progress. Uh, I bought another apartment complex, in fact, a dream project for me that I wanted my whole life to buy my first Class A apartment. And so I was able to get through this stuff. Now, it didn't stop me from bitching and moaning and complaining about it when I get up at the roster, but I was being funny about it, and I was also doing it in a way and in an essence of what I'm doing right now, which is to tell you, look, this stuff happens to all of us. Even us rich people, even us successful people, even us ex bodybuilders that were in perfect physical condition for 20, 30, 40 years of our lives. And then all of a sudden the body goes, hey, dude, you're not that guy anymore. You're now an old man. Now, those of you who have different ideals about what old is, I'll tell you what old is. I used to be able to get up and run five miles. Right then, go to the gym and lift squats, ten reps with five, six hundred pounds in that area. I could do leg presses with seven, eight hundred pounds for ten reps. Uh, I could, you know, I could work out forever. Then ride the bike for an hour. Not even bother me. Not even bother me at all. Now I get out of bed in the morning and I put my feet down, and I try to feel if I can feel my feet even. Will my feet support me? Will my knees, my ankles support me? Will my lower back support me? Can I even stand up? Can I walk even? Now, that's a drastic change. And that's not, none of that is because of my not taking care of my physical fitness. It's about my body's internal destruction. And maybe you could say I could have prevented diabetes. It's a possibility. Uh, I didn't even know I had it until I was 50 years old and, went to the hospital and they go, guess what? you got diabetes. Boom. And, you know, all these different weird kinds of things out there. But what I'm trying to get to is, okay, it didn't affect me. And let's talk about Peter Neerman. Peter Neerman's is a quadriplegic uh, bodybuilder, ex-bodybuilder, um, and yet he's still doing real estate investing. He's, you know, self-employed, self-taken care of. He's quadriplegic. I mean, that's all four things don't work. You get that wheelchair has to use uh, electronic mechanisms and machines to get himself around and do things with, right? He's still surviving it, and he's not only surviving, he's thriving, okay? And we go down the road, and, and we go over other people and say, how is it that people that seem like they have everything fail? You know, the guy that was the class president in high school or the football team, you know, had captain the football team or the one voted most likely to succeed, and by the time they get out of high school and college or whatever it is, they're the most likely to sit at the bar in the local neighborhood and drink with their friends and their life socks. So how is it? What is it in people that stops them from becoming successful? Now let's not get all wrapped up in this and say, well, Dell's defining success is money. No, I'm not in any way, shape, or form defining success as money. In fact, money is only one aspect of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they have terrible relationships, they have terrible marriages, they have terrible they don't have any friends. The friends they have are the wrong ones they shouldn't be hanging with. You know, most people go to jail, go to jail because they're hanging out with people that are jail bird type people. They're you know, they're criminals. You hang out with criminals, you become a criminal, you you hang out with people who take drugs, you end up taking drugs, right? On and on. You you go out with people that are flirtatious or some, that's not even the right word for it, but they're they're multiple sex partners, you're gonna end up with AIDS or whatever other disease you get. That's because you're doing something, right? That leads to those things. But what I want to talk about today is even deeper because those things will knock you off your game. And when you hear people's excuses as well, it always comes down to something like, well, I lost my job because the company went broke, but there's a billion other jobs out there. Or I had, I got sick and so I couldn't do my job and there's, you know, getting well, there's such a thing as getting well. Uh, there's pain management. I help. Heaven knows I know what pain management is. Uh, i I'd say I could never do the kinds of stuff I did when I was younger. I don't have the ability to stand that long, work that hard, lift that heavy. But there's still stuff I could do. Right. And so we all have our excuses. But what I'm trying to figure out is what is it internally that takes people in general from, you know, as a youth, you're born with yourself to play with. This is your toy. This is your your mechanism. This is your thing to take over the world. What is it that makes you a loser? I'm there. I just said it. You are a loser. I say, well, Dell, you're a loser. Okay, Br- you know, brand me as you would. I, I have no problem with it. I. Totally get it. If you call me a loser, I'm a loser. Why? Because I'm losing my hair at 63. I'm a loser because I've had multiple operations and I'm not physically as strong as I used to be. Yes, I'm a loser. I'm a loser because I've only got, you know, $75 million when most really good people have billions of dollars nowadays, you know, at least three or four or 500 million. Come on, Dell. what are you doing? You're a loser. Yes, I'm a loser based on your aspects of whatever it is you want to throw at me. But I don't care about that because what I'm saying, you're a loser. It's not because I'm calling you a loser. I don't even know who you are. I'm throwing it out there so you can pick it up and take that and put that on. Wear it and say, why am I not rich? Why am I not physically fit? Why am I not taking care of my health? Maybe you are. Maybe you just happen to have something go wrong that is genetic. Okay, fine. Did you do the right thing? Hey, I'm dying of cancer. Sorry, man. I didn't think I don't think you picked that one unless it's lung cancer and you've smoked like a chimney. Then maybe you did pick that. But, you know, a lot of other ones, it's not anything to do with your fault. But are you fighting it? Are you taking care of it? Are you in the position that you've left yourself to where your family and friends are going to have enough once you're gone that you've given enough before you did go? These are the concepts of success. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about what gets in the way. Of success. We'll be right back with the Dell Womsky Radio Show.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time,
2: Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm talking about... Why do people self-destruct themselves? What is it that's tearing people apart? And what is the generic factor for failure in our society? I mean, we're at this weird point now where people are screaming for socialism, uh, screaming for fairness, screaming for commonality. And, you know, the reality is, is that, and this is true, you could take successful people, strip them of everything they have, throw them back into the world, no time at all they'll be successful again. Uh, you know, athletes can get back into shape instantly or within a relatively short period of time, redeem themselves. And rich people can get back to being rich, even if you take all their money away. What I don't understand is, and about socialism, what it, why it doesn't work is because you can give unsuccessful people anything. You can give them money. You can give them education. You can give them love and attention. And it doesn't help them prosper. If you are a self-sabotaging individual then you are going to stay stuck where you're at. So I pulled up some articles today to talk about number one, what are those self-sabotages that you're using against yourself to destroy yourself? And then number two, what are the 10 most prominent reasons for poverty in the world? And we may not get all of those because to all of those, sorry, I can articulate better than that, but we have the seven, Personality trait problems. I want to get into first because I think they're probably more important than the second ten. So this article comes out and says character flaws are seven chief features of your ego. And then it goes on to define a chief uh, a chief feature is different than normal personality trait. Chief feature is a dominant attitude, a defensive and potentially destructive pattern of thinking, feeling and acting. We could also call it a constraining factor or personal stumbling block in life. Wow. Did you ever think that you have a personality trait that just destroys you? And when I go through these, you're going to know people that are are this. You're not going to admit that you're any of them probably. But if you understand what I'm reading and talking about, you're going to know somebody like this. And you know, It just destroys their relationships with other people, their relationships at their job, their relationships with themselves and physical fitness and health. It's just the way of dealing with the world that is destructive. And yet most of these people will not admit that they have a problem. They might even admit that they're that way, and what they're going to tell you is that this severely detrimental personality trait is positive to them. That it helps them. It protects them from the big bad world out there. That's the way they see their personality traits. Your strength in life is your weakness. I always talk about in the seminar type A and type B. Type A instantaneous gratificationally disease, they want everything now. Well, these people have all the positive traits of action and activity and and, and, and doing something and not being afraid, no fear. But they also have all the destruction that comes with the other half of that action. Uh, Somebody said it once, that if you pick up a stick, whatever you pick up, which side you pick, you live with the other side of the stick, too. You're carrying them both. And so you might be a type B, and type B is conservative and safety-oriented and slow to act and... Those are all positive traits also, except the opposite that comes on that stick is they won't do anything. They'll take no action. They'll never get anywhere because they won't take any risks. And so where are you? What is holding you back? So let's get into this article because I think they have some interesting ones. The seven chief features. Number one, impatience. We hate it whenever anyone interferes with our will to slow us down. Why do people always stop me from doing what I need to do? Everybody should just get out of my way. Frustration is intolerable. Get away from me. Leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do. There's no right or wrong. Your right or wrong means nothing for me. But I know you're going to destroy. What you're doing is so destructive. You're going to end. I don't care. Get out of my way. I Am right. You are wrong. You're just trying to slow me down. I know it. There's people I've tried to help before, and they've come back on Facebook and say, Don't hate, don't love the haters, don't listen to the haters. What you need to do to be successful is stop listening to the haters. Whenever anybody tells you you can't do it, it can't be done, just stop listening to them. Go, go, go. Be out of your mind insane, and that will get you there. And it probably will get you somewhere, maybe in jail. Maybe rich and then broke. Because the system you're using is so good, it gets you there because it's probably unfair. It might be illegal. And when you get there, you're going to blow up. I call it living by the sword. If you live on the edge of reality at all times, somewhere along the line, that reality is going going to snap. You know, there's black holes out there. There's possibilities of everything changing on you overnight. And if you're going a thousand miles an hour into the dark, you might run into one of those black holes and never be heard of again. The second one here is martyrdom. Oh my God, martyrdom. I think the first one's worse, but martyrdom is just its annoying. The first one's annoying, plus you know it's killing that person. But the martyrdom it's just annoying. It says we feel a constant need to blame others for our own actions, as though we have no will of our own, no other choice. Don't blame me for what I do. It's all your fault. The responsibility is always somewhere else. How many people do you know are like this? Ifa uh, woulda coulda, if uh, my wife uh, had not messed uh, me up. Uh, Right. If uh, my professors at college had not messed me up, if uh, my boss had not messed me up. Right. If uh, my last landlord had not done all these things wrong, I wouldn't have broke the lease and not paid them. Guys, I have a saying for this when I interview people for jobs and or for tenants. I call it the bad boss disease or the bad landlord disease or the bad friend disease. If ever anybody, when I'm talking to them, tells me or starts a story about, yeah, the last guy I worked for was a complete blankety, blank, 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 blank. You would not believe what he did, did he did, 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 and the story just goes on. It doesn't matter what the story is. It doesn't even matter if the other guy was bad. You realize if you have a job and you don't like it, you just quit. I've quit many jobs, one of which was because the whole entire company was a scam, and They were doing illegal things and expected me to do them. I could have complained, you know, and there's been rumblings over the last, you know, 30 years of my life since I worked there, Uh, but I just laughed. That's how you solve it. So if somebody has a bad boss disease and they think their boss was terrible, what do you think they're going to be when they come to work for you? That disease is contagious and they bring it with them. And at some point along the line, you're going to be that bad boss. The same thing with bad tenants. Someday along the line, you're going to be that bad landlord. So we want to make sure we don't fall into that trap. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
1: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley radio show. Today we're talking about the seven personal characteristics that sabotage your life and create the failure that you're living in now, which we call the life of quiet desperation. And, um, as we went through this here, the first two that we got in the out in the other segment. The segment before this was uh, uh, impatience, where people always feel like you're stopping them from getting what they want, you know, and getting in their way. And number two is martyrdom, where they feel like everybody else in the world has done it to them. Everything that's wrong, everything is somebody else's fault. So, you can imagine Being around those types of people, you all know them. Maybe you're one of them, but you just don't realize it. Maybe you do, and you just don't care because, well, this is what protects me. I mean, never taking the fault no one can ever pick on me. I'll never be a loser. Whatever your lie to yourself is about this stuff. Guys, when you're impatient, you're annoying. Do you understand that? Uh, it's just annoying situation. You ever been to a, like a, a store where the, the the clerk is there pushing you. Oh yeah, you look good in that. You look very good in that. You should have good blues, good color. Yeah. Oh, you don't like that. Then do the brown, brown, brown. good color. It's just annoying. Are you with me? Many types of salespeople are annoying salespeople. Uh, you know, because they're impatient. They want the sale. Get you're you're an impedance to me making a sale. You're you know, and, and as a business person, you can't look at people as being an impedance to you being successful. You have to understand that they're there. Because they are going to be your success. Your ability to provide products and services to other people is your ability to be financially secure. If you can't do it because your personality thinks everybody's getting in your way, it's not going to happen. Same thing with being a martyr, blaming everybody else. You know, I've sat there and watched on um, these shows, um, The Prophet, and there's other shows now out there like. Um, you're back in the game, these kinds of shows, where they take people that are failures and they're trying to show them how to be successful. And they're sitting there blaming everybody. Here's your product. Hey, uh, would you like, can I sell you my product? Well, you know, I don't think it's the right size. Well, that's because you have the wrong size attitude. And I don't think it's the right colors because you have no color, you know, competency at all. I mean, they're beating up the buyers of the product, right? So I want you to understand what I'm trying to get to here is, I've given you two so far, and I can witness in my own brain thousands of examples of people that these two, one of these two, or both of these two, but mostly one of these two, has destroyed their lives. Destroys everything they do, everything they touch. There's no way you can have a relationship with one of these people. The next one is greed. We feel the need to grasp and to hoard as though there were intolerable lack of some vital substance. Life will never be okay until I have it all. But the sense of lack is a bottomless pit, greed, lack. There's this guy that used to be a used car salesman and then a used car salesman trainer or then a car salesman trainer, made quite a name for himself on the Internet. Now he says he's a real estate investor. He's really not a real estate investor. He's a syndicator, which means give your money to him and he makes money with it. And he gets rich and you don't. And the bottom line is, um, here's what the guy says in his training classes and live on his YouTube video shows. You've got my money. Give me my money. That's his attitude about being a salesman. You have got my money. My job is to get my money from you. Wow. Is that greedy? Why? Because I need more. How much more? More Bigger, better, stronger, richer, I've got a plane, I've got a fancy car, I've got this, I've got that. Greed is just, it's an insatiable urge that can't be overcome. If you have greed, you can't really be happy, ever. You say, well, I'm happy, I've got more than you do. <laughs> you got more than I do, but you're not happy. I guarantee you, because you wouldn't be talking about being happy all the time if you were happy, you'd just be happy, Right. All right, so greed, we all can see that one, and nobody can stand greedy people want everything for themselves and nothing for you. There's no share. There's no fair when you talk to these people. The next one is self-destruction. Our very existence is increasingly intolerable. Life will never be okay until I end it all. There is a constant inner turmoil that makes us want to get away from ourselves. (laughs) Guys, think about this for a second. I read these articles all the time. I read this thing. One of the things I was reading, I told you today, was so insufferable today, was that this person um, wrote to me and said, well, you know, I had all these problems in my life, blah, 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 and they were all investment problems. And then people started dying around me. And when one of the people around me died, then the person that was close to them became a drug addict or became... Psychologically disrupted or something and then that led to them giving them drugs and the drugs led to them becoming ill and then eventually being a drug addict and then them wanting me to leave. So I spent an entire year of my life helping this person. And then the person didn't want your help anymore. (laughs) So If this person doesn't want your help, if they believe the world's coming to an end, why would you give up one year of your life? Well, they didn't get the rest of the story is that this person had also lost their home and lost their job. Not that person, but the person that was helping them. And so really by helping them, they got to move in with them. And this other person finally just got sick of them living there, I bet, and said, get out. Now, I don't know any of that to be a fact, but you can just read it into this whole thing that somebody in here is just... Trying to help somebody that has intolerable, right? Self-destructive feelings? That's almost impossible. I learned the difference between two words when I was younger. and see if I can remember the definitions even close. One of them was sympathy, and the other one was empathy. And I think sympathy was such that I understand how you feel, and I agree with you 100%. Man, I sympathize with your situation. I, I get it. I'm just like you. That is terribly unfair. That's painful. That's this. That's that. I'm sorry for that, blah, blah, blah. Whereas empathy is, man, I totally understand where you're coming from. That's really a burden. That's really a challenge. That's really problematic. But I, I don't agree with being sympathetic about it. Because being sympathetic about it gets nothing done. Being empathetic about it means I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to pay attention. I might be willing to act. But being sympathetic means I'll sit in your—we'll just both sit down and we'll cry together. We'll sit and mourn our lives together or your situation together. I don't have enough in my life to do, so I'll just start picking up your problems. I'll be sympathetic to everybody around me and just become a complete pile of molten— garbage Because why because I picked up everybody's problems We had a guy who came and joined up here and his wife wanted to get rid of him uh, That's a bad word for it wanted to get him something to do to get out of the house because he was a chronic um, oh, What's it called when you think you're sick all the time this guy had everything wrong with him you could possibly go wrong with him and When I met him he had a neck brace on and it was you know He had back problems this problem that problem whatever and so she took her life savings and bought an apartment complex, so he had something to do because he couldn't get a job because he couldn't work, he couldn't stand the stress, he couldn't stand long hours of standing or sitting in one position. So she thought, well, we'll buy him an apartment complex and he can work, you know, minimal number of hours, and, and this could be his thing to keep busy the rest of his life and be productive at the same time. Well, the guy was hyper, oh, hyperchondriac, I think is the, the word, and I don't believe I pronounced it correctly, but um, in this situation. This guy was such a hypochondriac that he believed that he had everything wrong with him. Well, he had sympathy for everybody else in the world that had something wrong with him. So what he started doing was renting to people in his apartment that could not afford to pay rent because they were injured. So anybody came in and said, yeah, I'm off work right now because of workers' comp, or yeah, I'm injured, or "That yeah, I have this problem. Anybody tell them whatever's problem, you know, he ended up renting to them, and they wouldn't pay because he was just a big, giant sympathy apartment complex. Eventually, thing went broke, and I had to, with the wife, go in and take it away from him, and sell it, get him out from underneath of himself, and you know, so forth. Uh, the the story, though, was that you can't lie in somebody else's sympathy, or uh, in all their problems, and you yourself can't lie in your own. And if you do, you're never going to be successful. I mean, never going to be successful. So let's see what's next here. The next one is arrogance. We feel a need to be seen better than others because being ordinary is intolerable. I must never come across as merely average. I must always seem better than the next guy. It's a superiority complex. Well, arrogance is, um, I guess, one I don't have to define for you. I mean, we all know what it looks like. We know what it feels like. Uh, I'm guilty of it myself. Um, And... When I say guilty of, it, I'm saying from time to time I'm guilty of it. But understand, time to time is when it's important. It's that only one time that you do it and messes something up that becomes important. We'll be right back with the Del Walmsley Radio Show.
1: back now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time Dell wamsley
2: welcome back to the del wamsley radio show today we're talking about the seven personal characteristics that can destroy your life and probably will if you have them um, and as we go through these here today, I, I just want to sort of take this segment here and, and go back to something I said. I said, you well, know, actually, we're going over arrogance as being one of them. I said, you know, I've had my share of arrogant moments in my life. And, you know, you like you, like I said earlier, people believe that certain things work for them. And being arrogant um, is a defense mechanism of some type. And uh feel like you're better than everybody else, you know, some kind of a... Uh, a thing you think you're protecting yourself with, but it it just doesn't work and backfires. And so and once you figure out you've got some of these traits, you got to work on them, right? So you work on them, and what you don't understand, what doesn't seem to make sense, is that traits are something that are ingrown. And I find this all the time And now that I'm married is that because before I was married and I had relationships, I just said, I don't care. My traits are my traits. If you don't like them, then get the heck out, you know, boom. And now that you're, I'm married, and I'm like, oh, my God, this thing is forever. We made these commitments. I love this woman. Um, you start saying, okay, I don't want to do these things that irritate people. Yet you find that you will now and again revert back to the trait. Alcohol is a very easy one. If you drink enough alcohol, you let go of any protectionism and any training that you've given yourself over the years to control your traits. And you go back to the base raw traits again. And when they come out, they're ugly, especially if you've held them down for a long time. They're ugly. And what I'm trying to say to you is you might think you don't have one of these traits because you've learned to adapt and or control it. But it's still in there. And when it gets its chance, it will rear its ugly head and take you out again and lower your capabilities of being successful in life. All right, moving on, let's see here. We hit arrogance. Let's go to self-deprecation. We feel a need to be seen as as little as possible because we believe ourselves to be miserably inadequate. If anyone takes a close look at at us, we will see a pathetic I am. This is I am pathetic. This is an inferior com, inferiority complex. Um Wow, this one is one that you probably are not even that offended by. Uh, people that self-deprecate themselves, that put themselves down. Uh, I know this one girl is part of our group, and she's a friend of my my wife's, and every. Party she goes to, she self-deprecates herself, talks about how she's this and she's crazy that and she does this. And, you know, it's just she puts on this show of self-deprecation and belittling and, and making. And she's a really smart girl, but she just can't stand acting like a normal human being. And when, when you have people like this, you know, they're holding themselves back. We're not holding them back. They're holding themselves back. And you also have to ask yourself, does that feel like somebody you want to run with? I mean, are you going to go to the top of the hill? Are you going to have a team pick a team of winners? Are you going to pick a person and you're going, yeah, but I'm not really that person. I'm not really that good. I'm not really this. I'm not really that. So obviously self-deprecation can limit many possible options you would have had in life that just they won't come along because of, of your self-deprecation. And then here's the one that just, the crowning jewel of all of them, stubbornness. With stubbornness, we feel the need to keep all things just as they are and resist any outside influence, even positive ones. No, 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 you can't make me, I don't have to, leave me alone. How many spouses have destroyed families? I, I talk about this all the time. You got one, one spouse in, in a marriage that's really ready to go out there and make things happen. Let's get our family on the road. Let's have a plan, right? Let's do something. Let's get somewhere. And yet, when you think about it, the other partner doesn't want to have a plan. They want to let stuff just come up as it does. They don't want to change anything. Nothing at all to change in their life. Now, There's a big difference between a type A that wants to change everything all the time and a type B who wants to change absolutely nothing. And then there's acceptable gradations in between, you know, where there's constant change in life. You know, they always say the one thing in life that is a constant is change. And if you don't believe that, if you don't live your life like you're going to have to accept some change here and there, then you are going to be left behind. You're going to be in problematic situation. And man, how many times have I had people go, I can't do this because my spouse doesn't believe in it. Uh, Or even the fact that I got to go home and talk to my spouse about doing something like this, uh, knowing that that is something that has been pounded into that person, that you can't make a decision without me because you're going to make a bad decision. And you know, really the bottom line is no, no, we're not going to do this. No, we're not going to do that. And and listen, as a type B personality, I'm the no guy in my family. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I am that no guy. But I, I go no, 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 no until I'm convinced yes. And my yes has to balance with reality. But just as soon as I can balance the reality, in other words, let's go spend some money frivolously. no. Let's look at it. Let's see, is there a better way to do it? Can we get it cheaper and still get the same pleasure out of it? Or is that the only real way to get that true pleasure out of that? And if so, when should we do it? How should we do it? How much can we afford to do it? Should we pay cash or blah, blah, blah. And so I bring the rationale into the no or the rationale into the yes, when it becomes a yes, somebody has to do that in your family, right? But You can't just be that person that says, no, no matter what. No, 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 is the family I grew out of, right? You know, it's like, no, you can't have any more food. No, you can't have any more toys. No, you can't go on vacation. No, 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 no. Everything was no, right? And, you know, that just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So as we look at all these, you can see that these personality traits are pretty common, I also had another thing here, which I don't have time to go into today now, which is 10 of the top reasons for 10 top causes for poverty in the world. And as you look at them, it's very interesting. And I'm not going to do it right now. But you don't have any of them. So you shouldn't be living in poverty. We'll take a short... or no, I'm sorry. That's the show. And uh, I want you to... Enjoy your life and come back tomorrow. We'll see you later. Bye bye. Thank
1: you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Access past show podcasts and join the conversation.